So it's the beginning of a new year. We're going to start the introduction to Upasaka training tomorrow. Uh, I'll be leading the first three and then Jessica will join me and co-lead. Jessica um, is another lay teacher here and she um, leads the ongoing Upasaka training, which is once a month gathering and sometimes takes a group of Upasakas um, off to a monastery for visit and teachings and whatnot. So that's a lovely group. It happens once a month after Sunday Sila. I think it goes till four once a month. How many times can I say that? Once a month. Uh, the six-week program is an introduction to, uh, for anybody who isn't familiar with um, the five precepts, living by the five precepts, why would we want to live by the five precepts? What's a benefit? And doing this within a uh, group of people, community of people, and, and, and getting spiritual guidance. Um, it's quite a lovely program. I, it's, I really enjoy the Apasika introduction to Apasika program. It's quite sweet. Uh, it's interesting that how challenging it can be to live on our five precepts, at least in our mind. You know, we can think that to not kill anything intentionally um, and and the precepts are are simple um, it's really about not killing it's not about don't eat meat it's about not intentionally killing even an ant you know just seeing how this how does this feel um we get to, that's the first precept, and we get to explore how often and, and how easy it is for us to manage other living beings according to our own convenience. You know, I don't like uh, mosquitoes. I just hit it, just kill it. I was in in the shower this morning. I noticed um, what I thought was some dirt on the side of the shower, and I took I took the shower head and washed it down. And then there was another one right next to it, and I was going to wash it down. I realized it was a a tiny tiny bug. Um, it it looked a little bit like a tick. I've been babysitting my. Uh, son's dog while he's been gone for this last week and uh, ticks give me the heebie-jeebies <laughs> but uh, living on the precepts it's really easy to oh there's a tick in my shower <laughs> stop the water get it some tissue wrap it up take it out later after I'm done with my shower then take it outside actually take it way down the street (laughs) 
in in a in a big field, nobody's yard. <laughs> and open it up and hit the back of it, flick it off. So actually, believe it or not, when you're living on the five precepts and you make these efforts because of making a vow, okay, I'm going to do this. When you make this effort, it actually feels really good. You know, first tick, I think, I don't know if the first one was a tick or not, but maybe it looked the same from a distance. I just happened to catch the little legs on the second one. So I didn't intentionally kill the first one. But when I recognized these are ticks, you know, the the first uh, effect that I had, I I had the shower head like this, just about to move it over, and I, wait a minute. And I stopped, and I got down and looked. Oh, it's a tick. And my first reaction is, (laughs) you know, Okay. And I don't want it to jump on me, so I'm going to take care of that right right now. Walk it down the street after I'm done with my shower. And it 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 is interesting how good that feels when you make an effort. Spiders, bees. Uh, you know, just don't intentionally kill. Um and then watching, it's, it's, a, it's a really putting some parameters and some limits around our actions and really, you know, vowing for... So when we do the intro, the first precept, we just practice with the first precept for the first week. So the first week is just don't kill intentionally anything so that we can witness what are our habits or we just don't even think about it when when does it come up and for most of us something will come up around not killing but the other thing that happens is the we get to see our habit of complicating this vow we can complicate it endlessly we can you know proliferate around what does that mean? Should I not buy? Should I stop eating meat? Now, it doesn't mean you don't. You you, you can stop eating meat. <laughs> you know, if if that feels better for you. But the the vow is actually not to kill. And if the meat is already dead, you're not killing it. But uh, so this gives us an opportunity to watch a sense of righteousness that may arise. Again, no judgment in what I'm saying about being vegetarian or non-vegetarian. No judgments, but watch the judging mind come up on over the simplest thing. The vow is don't kill. And we can start to um, proliferate, start to create stories, judge ourselves and others based on our stories as opposed to this one simple limitation to our actions don't kill so we get to learn a lot about ourselves as we put some limits 
on our actions. You know, limits that when we really fulfill them, it feels good to choose not to kill. It, it feels good. If we pay attention to the moment we have the instinct to take a life, no matter how small, if we pay attention, that doesn't feel so good. You know, and we all want happiness. And so the Buddha set out some guidelines, some limitations on our actions, some trainings to help us understand what brings happiness, what brings suffering, what actions do I take, what stories do I believe in that cause myself to suffer. And so the precepts are really, there are only five. If you, if you take monastic vows for the men, there's 227. And for the women, I think there's 320-something. There's over 300 for the women and over 200 for the men. We're only asking you to take, we're only taking five. <laughs> so... It's not a huge ask, but it's an incredibly beneficial ask. So the second precept, what is the second precept? Don't kill, don't, what is the second one? Is it stealing? I'm not remember the order. Don't uh, take anything that's not offered. Let's just do that one <laughs> next. They're all listed in your book. Uh, and again, we can we can get um, really we can create a lot of stories about what this means. And and actually, as time goes on, they may be beneficial stories. But for the beginning, we're just talking about if it hasn't been offered, don't pick it up. You know, don't eat off of somebody else's plate, even if it's your child, unless you ask. See what that feels like. Don't steal their Halloween candy. Or the candy in their in their stocking, holiday stocking. You know, don't take the um, paper, printing paper from the office, and bring it home. And just see what it feels like to actually live a life where people can feel really safe around you. Really, you know, we're not going to go through there. Nobody here is going to rifle through our purse or our wallet. But it happens. You know, it's pretty, it's pretty easy for us to go somewhere any day of the week and be a little bit sure that our our purse is on us crossways, or our wallet is tucked down tight, or that we have a wallet where somebody can't steal the, I forget what you call it, but you can't pick up the, your numbers, your ID number. So we're constantly protecting ourselves. And, and one of the nice things about being involved in a community where people are living on the five precepts is you, you really can feel safe. 
you know, it's a path to freedom and path to happiness is a path of goodwill. And it's, we're developing, we're cultivating our ability to recognize that that goodness in ourselves so that it comes from our heart and out and when and and when we feel that everything feels friendly because this is what we're projecting when we feel fear every, we feel like we need to guard ourselves everything feels mm, just be a little bit iffy got to be careful here you know these what's going on in our heart uh, is is not coming from out there. It's coming from in here, outwards. So when we take vows that make us trustworthy, we feel that. We feel that sense of safety. We feel that sense of comfort. And if somebody does step over the line with us you know we have uh, sympathy we have uh, or we um, feel a sense of uh, regret for their loss because we know what it feels like when we're not feeling peaceful when we're not feeling goodwill when we aren't trustworthy we know what that feels like we get in touch with this with this training with the Apostolic training we get in touch with what it feels like when we step over the bounds that make us trustworthy that make us happy it's an opportunity to learn so much about our habits that lead to suffering and our habits that lead to joy, goodwill, a sense of peace. We get to learn this. We're learning to manage our heart and our mind so they're in line with uh, purity, with sila, which brings up a sense of peace and joy in the heart. It feels... Well, imagine what it would feel like if everyone you came into contact with just got a sense of yeah, what a nice person. I really, that's a, I, I like being around this person. I'm comfortable around this person. What would it feel like if we knew in our hearts that we are not going to cause any harm? <coughs> We're not going to kill intentionally. We're not going to take that which is not given. I'm trying to remember the order again. I haven't done this in a while. (laughs) What? 
Yeah, this is this is this is probably the most. The next one is the most challenging for a lot of people, and that is uh, no harsh speech. We're not going to lie. We are not going to tell an untruth. We're not going to intentionally deceive. And along with this is we're not going to speak harshly. We're not going to gossip. We're not going to um, well, it's really it's it's really challenging because we are not going to align align ourselves with that which is not true. We're not going to try to put somebody down. We're not going to. We can we get to see how often, how strong this is a really strong habit for. Um, well, it was a really strong habit for me. One of my biggest challenges with uh, right speech uh, was not comparing myself with others and trying to always do better. I can, I can do, I can do, I can be better, and I can be better by seeing who's not quite as good. <laughs> that would be my scale. Uh, when the internet first came out, and um, it was a couple of years after the internet came out, and groups started to form, uh, chat groups started to form. I joined this Theravadan chat group. This was like 20 years ago. And so I joined this Theravadan uh, chat group for people from all over the world. And uh, you know what chat groups are like. And there was there was a particular person there that I didn't recognize it at the time, but I had a real sense of competition with. And uh, and it wasn't a good feeling. And um, so I would get irritated with this person every once in a while. And and. Uh, I, I just, we got into this little back and forth uh, email stuff where we were trying to prove each other which one of us really um, was the better student or something like that. And I can't hardly remember it now, but it was, we were, we were mutually irritated with each other and we were trying to one-up each other publicly. <laughs> And uh, and this person's name was very common, uh, so I'll just use the name Jennifer, say, and uh, which wasn't her name, but so Jennifer, uh, when she'd write, I could feel my heart just clench, and I I got into the habit of not writing back because I had a uh, because it was really challenging for me to follow along with right speech. Although I wasn't living on the five precepts at the time, I actually could feel that pain of getting a little ticked off at somebody and sending an email that I wish I hadn't sent. So uh, one day, this so there's several Jennifers on the site, and uh, this uh, person named Jen, so an abbreviated name, wrote, and I just thought, Wow, that's really there, there, that's, there's somebody that really gets, 
clearly I didn't get Thelma at the time, but in my mind I'm like, there's somebody that really gets it. And I, I wrote this kind of somewhat glowing, positive, yeah, I can really relate to what you're saying, and da-da-da-da-da. And, uh, and this person then wrote back, and it was really, we were having this really lovely exchange, and and it wasn't, it was like a month down the line, I realized that it was actually Jen's other, Jennifer and Jen were the same person. <laughs> but now she's responding to me in a, I mean, it was like... <laughs> Night and day, it was a real eye opener for me, uh, because in my mind, I didn't like this. I didn't like Jennifer, but I really did like Jen. Jennifer wasn't really on the ball with Dama. Jen really gets it. <laughs> and then I realized, oh my God, it's me. <laughs> it's me that doesn't get it. It's <laughs> real judgment. I, I had um, big habit of, judge, of judging. Others, <laughs> it's also um, an indication that when when we judge others, that we actually do this to ourselves. Whatever we're doing out here, we're doing it to ourselves as well. And so, it's really beneficial to to learn about our habits. Um, there's there's n- there's nothing bad. There's nothing unwholesome about actually witnessing what we do. That causes us to suffer. What are what are our habits? But it is surprising when we first start um, investigating. Uh, when we first start to really make the choice to align our body, mind, and heart in Dhamma, uh, in goodwill. You know, align. When we do this, it's it's quite surprising it can be quite surprising quite humbling on what comes up for us what we see what we witness in ourselves you know and just recently witnessed my myself turning away from somebody as in a recent dhamma talks so i won't go into explanation about it or details but i just recently witnessed myself starting to turn away to avoid somebody and recognizing that isn't kind, that that is not an open heart. I could feel, as I began to turn away, that my heart was actually starting to tent, clench. This this doesn't feel good. And so, this is an opportunity if we see it to drop it, allow it to pass, and turn back toward. I'm just going to make this effort because, and it was really, it was kind of the same same thing. I turned back toward, I waved to the person, we chatted, I enjoyed the chat. You know, we. this is an ongoing, a lifelong learning experience. To, in, in my mind, the harsh speech, the closed heart, no, I'm. This is uncomfortable. Drop it. Turn around. It's not always going to be wise. If you know, we don't. I was listening to a Dhamma talk by Ajahn Amro, and uh, he was saying that uh, he was talking about right speech, actually, and he was saying, uh, 
you know, we don't speak to or address somebody if we're feeling anger. If we can't let it pass, don't just, you just have to wait until the anger is settled down. Uh, because that's our stuff. Wait so that we can be open, we can come from a place of goodwill, so that we only speak to the person if we are speaking for their goodwill. I need to tell you something. I need to talk to you because this this isn't working for this isn't working and I'm going to bet you have this challenge with other people as well. I mean just want to, you know, this kind of thing. If you're really coming from I care about you, then then we can talk. But if we're coming from I hate it when you do this, it really bugs me. Then it's like forget it. <laughs> Put it down let it go and he said that it took him two years once to approach a monk who had a habit of relating to people in a way that just really got his energy up it took him two years but that's what we do that's the training you know I'm not ready so um, not to kill uh, not to take what's not given offered harsh speech, not uh, no inappropriate sex. So, you know, that's a really obvious one. Uh, consent on both sides, somebody that's not committed to another person, um, blah, 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 and, and of age. Um, and then um, <laughs> I don't know why I'm spacing on this. So, go ahead. Yeah, intoxicants. So, um, just committing to keeping the mind sharp and awake and not dulling it. Um, so, in all of these, it's not, we're not encouraging that we hold these tight, compare ourselves with other people. Uh, but that we take it as a training and hold ourselves responsible for when we go step over a line, what does that feel like? Why did I make that choice? What was the benefit? What was the downfall? And, uh, and then we come together as a group and we talk about this. What was the challenge? What is working? What isn't working? Why? And we all, and being able to share with um, other people in the room, hearing their stories can be really beneficial. For I didn't think of it that way, but yeah, I do the same thing. You know, so we go through the, um, the first week, we just do the first, the second week, we do the first and the second precept uh, up to through the five. And then on the sixth, we have an option to take uh, the precepts in a ceremony, which is really quite lovely. And, um, and, and what we're doing is making a commitment for th just for three months. And during that three months, if you want to have spiritual guidance, you'll, you'll, um, you can have an interview, private interview, for th once a month for three months. Um, but those who graduate from by taking the um, precepts, if you graduate from this program, then you can enter into the um, year-long program that Jessica runs.
Um, and that's just, it's just a lovely support. Um, it's a program that we've had going consistently with the exception of one year. I think it was only one year with it for the last, uh, um, it's been about 16 years, I think, that we've had it going. So that starts on Monday, and it's only, you have to come to one of the first two classes in order to come to any of the, the rest of the classes because, you know, we, we, we're protecting the uh, comradeship that, that comes up, that sense of safety. 